You are listening to the Give Me Five podcast, episode number 84. This is the Give Me Five podcast, a semi-entertaining show about very entertaining things. My name is Jimmy, and I am joined by Rob. Molly, you in danger, girl. And Greg. I'm so tired. Two two podcast recordings a week and two editing sessions a week. It's killing me. Killing We're you softly? Almost there. I know. On the Give Me Five podcast, we discuss pop culture, entertainment, a lot of nostalgia, especially tonight, and dill-flavored things yeah <laughs> uh this is the episode in which rob has decided to give us things to put in our mouths ah, which, giggity if you've been listening for a while he's the last person related to this podcast that you ever want to accept something to put in your mouth however we promised and he did he actually came to my house to pick something up also but he did bring snacks for me to put in my mouth and he also yeah, told jimmy to get some stuff yeah I did. so we're doing that in a little bit. Yep. This is a review show, and there will probably be spoilers. We'll try to avoid any major twists, but if we are talking about something that you haven't seen, read, or listened to yet, you might want to use your own discretion and skip ahead and come back later. Yeah, we did say we are going to be covering quite a few things today. We're going to be covering uh, what Detective Pikachu, Pokemon. We're going to be covering the uh, Ted Bundy... Docu- or not documentary, but uh, movie. Yes, the Zac Efron movie. Yes. Oh, shit, I didn't know we were doing... Uh, I don't watch it. I Did you... Watch it. Oh, you didn't see it. No, I didn't know we were covering it. My bad. Yeah, well, that movie is extremely but, wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Yes. But in, in, in all fairness, I have been fairly limited on time as I have been crunching to try and get some stuff ready for tomorrow. Mm. Tomorrow being Megacon, which I yes. may or may not be going to. Okay. And, of course, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Critters, a new binge, which is on Shudder. And yes. it's it's a Critters movie in 2019. Or Critters, I guess, shorts that lead up to kind of our movie. I don't know. It's hard to explain. We'll get to it. So that's what we're covering today. So if that is going to spoil anything for you, don't do it. Don't do it! Yes. Uh, news, guys? Well, there there is... So I, I found out just today about something new that is coming up that that really is in my wheelhouse um i found out that darkwing duck is getting his own episode at least on ducktales he they, they are they are slowly bringing him back so he's gonna get his own episode on ducktales i believe it's called the duck knight returns <laughs> that's funny now my girlfriend's sister is a big darkwing knight fan so uh, Darkwing Duck, Darkwing Knight. I'm like, what? Yeah, big Darkwing Duck fan has like the socks and the mugs and all that stuff. So I actually heard about that uh, like two nights ago. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. Should be looking forward to watching that. And one of the things Rob was getting ready for, he didn't really talk about it, is speaking of Darkwing Duck, uh, Rob has been preparing, if you followed our Instagram page, a Darkwing Boba Fett mashup costume. And it's freaking awesome. Uh, it pretty, much, it pretty much came together tonight. Yeah. There's a few more little things he needs to do, I think, but uh, it looks great. Thank you. Thank and, you. I'm, I'm very happy with how it turned out so far. And he needs to put it on our Instagram page so all of our adoring fans can talk about how cool it is. There you go. So keep keep an <laughs> that, eye. There on you the, go. Uh, do it. <laughs> keep keep an eye on the pay, on the uh, Instagram there, and it'll it'll be up there. Awesome. 
There you go. There you go. Guys, on June 5th, we're going to have three new episodes of Black Mirror. Will they be uh, choose your own uh, order here? I don't believe so, no. Um, these three are kind of varying. I know the subjects that they touch on are being completely disconnected from our reality. Everyone looking into their phones is, is one of them. Uh, there's an Alexa-like device in one of them that is probably going to murder people. And Anthony Mackie is starring in at least one of the episodes. So Anthony Mackie's had a really big year. He is going to be the, spoiler alert, next Captain America. He's going to be the next Takeshi Kovach in Altered Carbon. And one of my students really wants to punch him in the face. Yeah, he he doesn't like him. And I, for some reason, it, I think it actually goes all the way back to the Eminem movie to Nine Mile or Eight Mile or whatever it is, whatever that movie's called. I thought it was Eight, eight mile. mile. It is Eight Mile. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. Someone told me it was Nine Mile the other day. <laughs> Who? That's not right. Make it a new movie. It wasn't yeah. your wife because she's a huge Eminem fan. She is. Yeah, I don't know. Well, either either way, yeah, I was talking about it relating to that conversation, oddly enough. But yeah, he was just saying like he got beaten by uh, Anthony Ma- Anthony Mackie got beaten by Eminem in a rap battle. I want to punch him in the face. That was like fifteen years ago. No, I it was in a movie. Just, he just said he had a really punchable face. Yeah, I actually <laughs> like the other description of him, <laughs> Rob. The, oh, the, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, you know that, I, I think it's Jimmy Kimmel where he, he has the celebrities read the, the mean, mean tweets, tweets about yeah. them. And yeah. somebody wrote, and he had, he had to read it and somebody wrote a tweet. Anthony Mackey looks really mad all the time. Maybe it's because he looks like an aardvark. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. And he was like, what? <laughs> uh, my favorite one was Lil Wayne. Lil Wayne read a mean tweet and said, it said, Lil Wayne looks like a crab apple. <laughs> okay. Lil Wayne was like, what's a crab apple? Yeah. Like, some of them are weird. Sometimes they work, but. Lil Wayne but, looks like a gremlin with tattoos like Drake, all over his face. Drake looks like a turtle works. Yep. Well, speaking of things that, that works before we uh, get into eating weird things that Rob told us to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Last night, as I was about to drift off to sleep. I saw that there is now a Stranger Things Lego set, and I 100% thought it was some sort of weird knockoff. So I went to the Lego website, and it actually is real. There's a Stranger Things Lego set. It is uh, 12 inches tall, 12 inches tall, 17 inches wide, and it is the buyer's house. But it's got, like, the alphabet wall that lights up. It's got a porch with furniture. It's got um, Will Byers' bedroom, and there's, like, movie posters and stuff like that. But the cool thing is it also has the upside down. So it's got the house with two trees on either side, and then it's got the mirror image of the house on the bottom of it, also with two trees, and it actually stands up on those two trees. And okay. you have, like, nice. the dark, okay. kind of crazy version of the house with, like, slime all over the walls and things hanging from the ceiling and, like, dilapidated stuff. Yeah. And uh, how much is that? It is $199. Wow. And it will be mine. Oh, yes. It will be mine. <laughs> it will be yours. You're going to have to start renting storage space, dude. And I've got some Legos in here. Uh, eight minifigures. Uh, it's got all the kids. It's got Chief Hopper, Joyce Byers. It comes with all of like the little like things. It actually comes with a shotgun for Chief Hopper, which I think is the the first actual real type of gun that I've ever seen in a Lego set. They always do blasters uh, or like period specific guns, like you know old West revolvers and stuff. Okay. Uh, but they don't do like war type guns um, or like you know like current police officer um, guns to, type stuff. But that might have changed. I don't know. But um, 
got your demo gorgon and it's pretty awesome so check it out uh, it's on our instagram page as well i keep sending you guys there but that's where it is uh, and now it's time to eat mm. things do it so last week if you guys listened uh rob gave an explanation of of a weird sandwich that he wanted to eat now i would never eat <laughs> it because i'm not a big fan of pickles but uh rob sure. go ahead explain to jimmy Again, oh, go ahead and explain, explain it to our audience. I've got it sitting right in front of me. So so one of the things that my dad had turned me on to when I was a kid was peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. Okay. And basically the way it works is you take two slices of bread and you put peanut butter on both slices. Both of the insides. Okay. Right. You put peanut butter, the creamy peanut butter, not the crunchy. Kind. Yes. You put the creamy peanut butter on both slices and then you take – depending upon the size of your bread, it usually ends up being about three of the pickle spears, the dill yep. pickle spears. Mm-hmm. And you lay those on the bread – and then you then you go ahead and sandwich them. Yep, because it's a sandwich. It's sandwiched, and basically the peanut butter like kind of seals in the pickle juice, and the the flavor of the peanut butter and the pickles actually goes really well. It's surprisingly how well. Yeah. Okay. Well, and I and this is one of those things that I tell people about. Yep. And people just go ew without even thinking about it. Sure. And I'm like, well, have you tried it? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then shut up. So, being a, a worldly man, um. Uh, a man who likes to try new things from different parts of the the world. Uh, this one is actually interplanetary. This one I think is from Mars. Um, so here's what I'm going to do as a courtesy to our viewers. I'm not going to chew directly into the microphone. Um, I will mute it and I will take, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to wuss out. I'm not going to take like half a bite. I'm going to go full in. I'm going to take a bite and I'm going to do that right now. And I'll report back to you. Do it. And Greg, why don't you tell them about yours while Jimmy's doing that? Hold on. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> I'm You're sorry. Welcome. I don't chew with my mouth open. I hate to do that. But, oh my God. This is not a thing I was expecting I was going to love. But I think the key to this is having the peanut butter spread on the insides of both pieces of the bread. Yes. Yes. I think without that, it might be very weird. Now, Rob, you're right. The pickle juice is sealed in by the peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make the bread all soggy. This is fantastic. I'm just going to keep eating this. I'm going to let Greg go ahead. I could cry right now. Thank you so much. You are welcome, sir. So go on. I'm, I'm so I'm so happy to actually get people to try it and then have them be like, oh, my God, this is delicious. <laughs> Dude, it's so good. Greg, are you are you there? All right. Let me say one thing more about this. The pickle juice with this. Now I'm having this with honey wheat bread. Mm-hmm. It completely changes changes the flavor of the honey wheat bread to a rye bread, and okay. now a rye bread is something that you would have a good pastrami sandwich with a pickle on it. And this this is just the weirdest flavor changing thing I've ever had. All right, I'm, I'll mute myself. No, you're fine. Mm. That's okay. damn good. Okay, here we go. So Rob had appeared at my door not too long ago to pick up something that I 3D printed for him. And in his hand was two bags of what were the uh, the, the the brand? It was like White Pride or something, or Southern <laughs> Southern <laughs> Pride or something. Southern recipe small batch. There we go. There we go. Southern recipe Jesus. small batch. Jackass. Southern recipe small batch uh, chips here, pork rinds rather. Two flavors. So we've got a um, a dill spicy, spicy dill. dill spicy yep. dill flavor pork rind, and I've also got a cup of. Uh, Barbecue, Korean, which are Korean, Korean kimchi barbecue. Yeah, so um, Korean kimchi barbecue. I'm going mm-hmm. to taste the pork rinds, and I'm going to chew directly in the microphone. So sorry, guys. 
I've got I've got the Korean one first. Got some heat. A little bit. Yeah. So the pork rind is more of a delivery system in this case. So you don't taste much pork rind. Not that I'm an expert on that stuff. Um, definitely taste a little bit of the Korean barbecue, but definitely heavy on the kimchi. Um, and it's got a, a spice that's more of a not a full mouth kind of spice. It's more of like a, a little pinprick on your tongue where the, where the spices hit. It's not too bad. It's definitely, I would like it to be more heavy on the barbecue, a little bit less heavy on the kimchi. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because you can definitely, like, I'm still tasting it. So that one's yeah. not too bad. Not it's too bad. I it's like, an, it, like it's an interesting flavor. It is It is yeah. definitely not my favorite. I mean, I like the salt and vinegar ones better than those. Yeah. And then here's another one. This one's, These ones smell really good. And I don't mm-hmm. like, I, I don't like pickles, but I do like dill. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy last week on the episode said that dill is only good on pickles. Uh, he is wrong because dill is also what makes. Hold uh, on. I said dill was most closely associated with pickles. Yeah, but you also said it's gross everywhere else or something along those lines. I mm. don't I don't remember him saying that. But yeah, okay. I didn't, he didn't say that. No. <laughs> I listened to the episode last night. I didn't say that. I, I believe you said it was gross everywhere else or something along You're those gross. lines. Anyway. You're gross everywhere else. <laughs> you know, cut your face off and feed it to your family. Wow. wow. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> wow. Okay, anyway, so we got the, the dill pickle flavored pork rind here or it's dill no, spicy dill spicy, spicy dill. dill but dill is also good in uh chicken soup that's what makes good deli chicken soup but anyway i'm here we go oh yeah not good man rob i love you man <laughs> so so what you get with this you're this welcome is the, sir you again the the pork rind is definitely a delivery system is there for crunch um not there for bacony goodness but it's almost like a really good salt and vinegar potato chip because you definitely get the vinegar hit first mm-hmm. and then you get the the dill kind of evening it out and it's a full mouth heat it's like a like a good hot wing kind of heat where you you kind of feel it in your in your mouth that's that's pretty good right and it's it's one of the ones where it's cool at the beginning and then the heat kind of catches you at the end there yeah but it's but it goes away as soon as you right like kind of finish so good call yeah excellent yeah, very so, good. so yeah. that was uh our podcast of us tasting various foods <laughs> recommended by rob yeah, and uh, and I oddly enough, based on our little conversation last week, we thought that Jubal's was going to offer up some new things, and he apparently doesn't eat anything weird, which is <gasps> other than the stuff that that we already talked about. Jubal's, I'm so disappointed. Yeah, but he did uh, yell at me for messing up how Ivy got aged in Gotham. Ooh, uh, touched uh... by touched by a mutant and then fell into sewage. But that was like three seasons ago, so I didn't remember. Ah. But who hasn't been touched by a mutant and then fallen into sewage? Oh, uh, my mom used to watch that series, Touched by an Angel. Especially oh, Mutant Dill. Yeah, Touched by a Mutant Dill Angel. <laughs> yeah. Touched by a mutant. Okay. Keep I'm doing moving. that. See what how, happens to you. How about that dill, though? Yeah. That <laughs> dill is awesome. <laughs> that, was the, that was the big one in there that I poured into the bowl. That was the big one. That's what she said. <laughs> okay, so that's now we're, we've eaten stuff. Uh, that is taking the place of uh, snap mm. decisions, I believe, because I don't think that anyone has has one. Do you guys have one? Uh, whatever I had just went right out my brain with this delicious sandwich. I'm not even kidding. I'm Vlasic. so glad you like it. Vlasic or Klassen. By the way, Vlasic was the other pickle company. Vlasic, yes. Klassen, we need sponsorships. Come on, make it happen. This is um, Great Gherkins from Aldi. That works as long as it's a dill pickle. It oh, is. That's- and it's a spear because the spears work better than the like the sandwich stackers. Yeah, they create weird, they create like weird uh, like wedges, like little openings. It's just it's a weird magical thing. Like this should be on food trucks. Wait, ignore that. 
<laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, so let, let's do this. Our first topic of the evening. I let me explain, uh, Jimmy. You're going to talk about it. You're you're the in charge of this one, I think. But all right, I will tell you how I figured out it actually exists. Okay. So I was listening to How Did This Get Made, the movie podcast, and they were I don't even remember what their what movie they were talking about, but they had a guy named Jordan Rubin on, and he was funny. He was talking about how he is a screenwriter, and then it, Jimmy just dropped a pickle jar on the ground, and they were talking about how the, how this why he was on How Did This Get Made, and he's like, oh, well, I did a little movie called Zombievers. Zombievers, we've talked about multiple times. We'll cover it someday. But mm-hmm. I keep trying to get us to do it. We just always run into stuff that's slightly less important, like, you know, Avengers Endgame. Yeah. I wanted to do it that night with uh, Joe Ballerini, because I figured that'd be something... That sounded really terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> wow. I thought that'd be something he'd really appreciate. You wanted to but, do it one night with Joe Ballerini, beloved children's author Joe Ballerini. I, I, I oh, did. Man. I did. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So anyway, uh, director Zombievers, he, he is. Uh, he was talking about you know how this whole thing came about, and then he said that oh yeah, they came to him and asked him to do a remake of Critters for yeah. Shutter, and I was like, what? So I finished the podcast I was listening to, and right before I went to bed, I popped on the the Critters thing, and now we're talking about it. Jimmy, go ahead. Yeah, Joe Ballerini is a really good-looking dude. <laughs> okay, get, getting weird. Well, I just said he was dreamy. I Very mean, weird. it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Released on Shudder, the horror streaming service on March 21st of this year, is Critters A New Binge. Now, I wrote down here it's a lovingly crafted series from Jordan Rubin, the director of Zombievers. And Wait, I really so think it's, it is. is this a series or is it a standalone movie? Okay, so it's... It's a series. It's eight episodes, but they're no more than ten minutes each. So oh, it's okay. A standalone movie. So altogether, it's like an eighty-minute movie. Altogether, it's like seventy minutes because they range from eight to ten minutes. So, oh, okay. Um, if you've seen Critters, and if you, I, I guess, if you saw it at the age that I was, maybe you guys were, you thought it was a little over the top to begin with. Do you guys remember Critters? Did you see? Oh, it? I remember. Yeah. I remember yeah. the the box at Blockbuster. I don't remember if I actually saw it. And if I did, it was on USA I, Up All Night. I owned it at one point, yes. I, awesome. I remember the movie. At the point and, that I watched it, I was watching it for boobs, not critters. Yeah, pretty much. That That's how I was as well. Yeah, I get it. They're, uh, <laughs> the Well, this is about the series, not about the original. But I will say this about the original. It scared the hell out of me. To the point where I could not sleep at night. Hmm. I can remember laying in bed and... With my nightlight on, I would see shadows of critters in the nightlight. I could see how that's possible. We had a really old heater, a floor unit heater in the house that I grew up in. And it had that grate that you had to walk over. Yep, yep. That would kind of like burn grill marks into the bottoms of your feet. And and you always pictured the little critter eyes peeking up through it? Well, I was – I don't – okay, so you had one, right? Did yours, when it was heating up, did it go bang? Bang, 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 bang. Did it do, do that? Mean, what do you mean? I ha- You're not talking to me, right? Well, you're familiar with these. I'm a native Floridian, dude. Yeah, I've never not. had one. I, I mean, I've got relatives up north that had them. All right. Did but... you ever stay in a place where they had one that it Wait, came on? Not, not that I remember. Okay. So what I remember is when ours would come on, is it would just bang until it warmed up, mm-hmm. and then it would stop. So I would lay there at night. And I would wait for kind of how I work too. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. Oh, I was trying. 
<laughs> I had already taken, I took off the sound effect for Austin Powers going, yeah, baby. It's uh, not there anymore. I was like I'm, frantically looking for it. And I'm like, I'm we're all just going to say what I was going to say originally. I would lay there. I would lay there and wait for the banging to end. <laughs> yeah, that's that. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, and then I would. Yeah, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to choke to death on a pork rind. Do I make you horny? Yes, you would do, yeah, do I? You would just What's lay that? there and wait for the banging to end. Is what he says. Yep. Okay, go and, on. Uh, but I always pictured that critters were in there trying to get out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not getting better. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, but, yeah, banging on the walls. Okay, I see it. In all seriousness, man, that scared the hell out of me. Mm-hmm. You had the super serious leather-clad bounty hunters. Like, mm-hmm. they were super big intergalactic Judas Priest fans. <laughs> who... Took on the forms of beautiful women and dudes with super long, wispy hair. Yeah, exactly. So what you've got in that movie are bounty hunters chasing these little tiny furry aliens. And that's no different in the series. It starts off with these critters. There's like six or seven of them. They're on a ship. They're flying to Earth for no apparent reason while they talk to their president and they say, you have to pick up a Krite who was left there 20 years ago. Krite being the critter. The the intergalactic word for sure. critter. The proper name for critter. The big caveat to this mission um, is that they're not allowed to eat. Who, the, the critters or the bounty hunters? The critters. Okay. We don't see the bounty hunters yet. The critters, they talk to their president and he says, you can't eat anything because this is a covert mission and we don't want to draw attention to ourselves. Okay. At that point, they're being pursued by the bounty hunters. And what I could say is very good 3D graphics for the budget, which I can't imagine was millions of dollars. I got to I gotta stick it to you here a little bit, bloodydisgusting.com. You guys said that the Critters franchise didn't deserve this series and that the CG wasn't even up to par with, I think, today's sci-fi movie standards or even for those back when Critters came out. I got to tell you guys, I think you're missing sight of the goal here. I think this was a labor of love. I think the director, while approached to do this, jumped all over it. This is a type of project that I would have been like, oh, God, please, I don't need any money. Yeah, I'll do CG for you because Critters had such an impact on my early life, which is such a weird thing to say. Mm. There's a scene in Critters where the, like the kids run up and they open a closet or a door or something mm-hmm. and his body falls out. You remember that? Vaguely. And it's, it's been, it's been a the, long time. Yeah. It's like full of the quills and everything that stuck with me for so long. <laughs> and just they're they're on this mission we that doesn't last for very long as in the i think sep- second episode they eat an entire like spca facility mm-hmm. <laughs> they just murder all these animals and the yeah. the like general critter guy he's like wow oh, i told you guys not to oh damn it why don't you listen he's like comically bad looking and stuffed animals like with like intestines hanging out hey i thought they oh yeah the the animals yeah i thought the puppet the and the the puppeteering for this was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so funny. Uh, there were some pretty crass jokes in there, but there were also some really funny callbacks and references to films. 
um, like Terminator 2, uh, The Matrix, even Avengers at the end. And even to Critters, I think it was like Critters 2, where they all formed into a like murderous ball yeah, that they'd roll a big over giant people. ball of critters and and they roll over that one guy and as when the ball passes he's just like a skeleton shaking exactly and that that does happen again in this series nice um you've got a couple of super weird cameo you have gilbert godfrey because mm-hmm. he can't get work anywhere else right that's true i yeah no uh, you, you, you really can't joke about 9-11 like within a month of it happening Mm-mm. And he's just super weird. And whenever he's on screen, he just like, it's uncomfortable. He's asking this teenager, he's like, you need some Viagra? He's looking like he's slowly turning into that, that fake old guy that they had advertising Six Flags Atlantis. If you remember him, and they would do like the weird dance. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Like yeah. he looks like he's like halfway between Gilbert Godfrey and that guy, like morphing into him. It's very weird. Maybe this was like a personal favor or something, but every scene he's in, it just seems so rigid and weird, you know, and they're on earth searching for this crate that they left behind. Gilbert Gottfried's character, uh, Uncle Murray, he's always in his little like basement lab, basement workshop, and he's got this cage that's covered by a cloth. So you assume that he's got the missing Crichton because they're searching for Veronica, who is the uh, main character's mom. Well, things take a, a bit of a turn for our main character, Christopher. Um, I, I don't know if I want to spoil this one. Do we do, we do, do, we do you know? Okay. Because so, like, I think a lot of people are just hearing about this. You know, yeah. I, I won't. Things take a turn for the character. He is a lovelorn high schooler. He's in love with his, um, I guess, childhood sweetheart, although she doesn't exactly return the favor. She's with like a dickhead boyfriend. And, you know, Chris is just trying to, trying to figure out his, his way out, trying to figure his way through high school. Um, he's a little bit different. He enrolls in a hot dog eating competition, uh, with the hopes of making a little bit of money and achieving a little bit of fame. So well, you didn't, didn't you do that? Maybe once. <laughs> <laughs> we do have bounty hunters in this and uh there are some really comical moments like i said um really it it was just lovingly treated if you've seen critters and you watch this you'll understand it i think to say that the critters franchise didn't deserve the series is a little bit highbrow i guess because those movies didn't take themselves very seriously at all mm-hmm. uh one more mention of a cameo we've got Mr. Thomas Lennon, who is Dangle from Reno 911. Love the comic stylings of Mr. Thomas Lennon. Yep. And he's in a, a pretty hilarious role. It's it's definitely worth the 70 to 80 minute investment. Is it worth buying a subscription to Shudder? No, but there are so many other things on there that are that this is just a bonus. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Uh, and I think I you can get a month free of Shudder anyway. Uh, yeah. But with Last Drive-In, or what it's called? Mm-hmm. Sure. Where they play uh, all sorts of crazy old fun horror movies and, and nutty horror movies and exploitation films with Joe Bob Briggs talking about them kind of in the inter- interim. It's uh, I think it's they're up to like the ninth week of that or something. It's really good and worth the money right there. That's why I'm a subscriber. Check out Critters. A new binge. Well, we're going to go from murderous critters to a murderous human and then after that, we're going to talk about just regular critters. So if you take this part and the last thing we talk about and combine them, I guess you get critters. We're kind of devolving a little, but 
We're going to talk about Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile, which is the Ted Bundy kind of movie. It's it's a biography, but it's slightly less about Ted Bundy and more about his girlfriend. And they kind of didn't make want to make it a like exploitation, shock, murder kind of horror film. They wanted to talk about like how is it possible that someone wouldn't know that they were dating a horrific serial killer. Uh, it is starring Lily Collins, who's having a pretty good month because she's also in the Tolkien movie that just came oh, out. Really? Yeah. So I saw her. I watched the, the Bundy thing and then I saw, I saw a little thing before the Detective Pikachu movie about like the Tolkien movie. There you go. Uh, it's got Zach Efron, who is playing Ted Bundy and he was in Greatest Showman, of course. He's in Baywatch. He was also in a dream that Rob had. And he told me not to mention it on the show, but uh, sorry. Yeah, and and you just went and did it anyway. Yeah, well, maybe I'll edit it out. It involved me and Zach Efron's intestines. It's true. Wearing him like a lay. <laughs> okay, getting back on track. Yeah, anyway, uh, so we, we have talked about the Ted Bundy stuff uh, like a couple weeks ago. So this is as much as I want it to be sometimes. Uh, not a true crime thing. So we're not really going to go into that side. We're going to talk more about the quality of the movie and how they did things and how it was, it was kind of interesting and still and still interesting to watch and entertaining. Uh, so we're like we put here, we're going to put, we're going to discuss the movie more so than the actual crimes. Yeah. We're going to try. Yeah. So it, in a way it shows Ted Bundy mostly in prison and awaiting various trials and some of the things he's doing as well as his interactions with his girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And you see how these things are affecting her. And it goes for, this is uh, the girlfriend was Liz Klopfer. Um, he also of course had a wife that he got, that he got married to while he was on death row, basically. Yeah. It was Carol Boone. Yeah. And her and her terrible hair and glasses, Carol Ann Boone. You were like, I know this is mean, but when someone's like, yeah, you know, he got someone, during his trial, actually, he proposed to someone, and they said yes, and they got married. I'm like, who the hell would do that? Then I saw the picture, and I was like, oh, someone who would do that hair or those glasses. Yeah, okay. Yeah. In 1984 or 7 or whenever it was. It was 1978. No, that when she got married. Oh, when she got married, yeah, sure. It was like in the late 80s, I think. Anyway, so, uh, Jimmy, what did you think about how they did everything? How I think they did everything. I think it was very well shot. It was very well acted. It didn't – it only – I guess kind of sexualized Ted Bundy when he was at the trial and they used actual footage from the trial there where they would cut to, you know, they were, the news crew was out asking women, you know, why were you there? Why were you so enthralled by the case? And there's one woman who said, I don't know. I just, I just love him, I guess. And then there were a couple that said, you know, they thought he was really handsome and things like that. But the rest of the movie didn't, didn't really paint him in the greatest light. So I don't understand that he's something like he's he's not like a greasy drifter looking dude like his the one side of his face is like not even with the other side. Yeah. You, like you by can't, a lot. You can't blame Zac Efron for being handsome. No. Nor can so, Rob. No. No. Definitely his not. Intestines. Yeah. The other thing I, I appreciated about this movie is they didn't over centralize the murders. Um, they didn't they didn't really actually show him committing these crimes. So if you're. You know, if you're out there and you're like, oh, yeah, I want to see somebody, you know, do these murders, um, that's, this isn't the movie for you. It's more of a, a, a crime thriller, really. It's a it's, it's, a, a, it's a trial room drama. There you go. Yeah. And I'm actually a little torn on this because, one, 
the people, a lot of the people that knew the women that were killed are still alive. They're probably in their sixties. So they're, they're alive. They've obviously had to live their life with what happened. And, but the, they show a lot of Ted Bundy, like courting this woman. And it's, and it seems like a decent relationship. They show her, show him playing with her kid. And if you don't know the history of Ted Bundy, that's a little less creepy than if you do. So I think that the movie does a good job of not, of hiding some of that stuff, but in some ways it can make him look a little cute if you don't know what he actually did. Because the list of things he did is horrific. Like I was typing it down. I'm like, am I going to end up on a list? You know, like rape, murder, kidnapping, necrophilia. And he actually had sex with a severed human head. So wow. that's like, yeah. And like two of the three members of the Gimme Five pod. Never mind. Anyway. <laughs> no. Hey, Zing. Anyway, so like if you don't know that stuff, it's not really in there much. There's they hint at things. So there's if you you can look at it and there's a since a, you learn a lot about the case from his words because he's try he's defending himself. He can you could be like, well, maybe he was innocent. He was not at all. He totally yeah. did it. it there, totally. there was no possible chance that he didn't do this, and he did in fact deserve to die on Old Sparky. Well, they did, you know make him out to be, I think, as manipulative as he actually was. Mm -hmm. um, he preyed on the weaknesses of a lot of people and lied, boldface lied a lot to people. And he thought he was smarter than he actually was. He thought by being just like a pre-law student that he knew more than, you know, these seasoned judges and even his defense attorney. Mm -hmm. You know, he made a complete mockery of his defense attorneys during his trial, chose to represent himself, and didn't exactly put him in the position that he, he thought it would. Now, the prosecuting attorney was played by Jim Parsons from The Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Who's a f wonderful actor, mm -hmm. but I think he is stuck in a very big problem in, in real life in the fact that you can't... He will always be Sheldon. He is always going to be Sheldon, because he was up there talking, and it was like... I half expected some of the little Sheldon ticks because he does it so well. Yeah, it's like, same, same haircut, mm -hmm. same demeanor. And, and I haven't even seen that much of Big Bang Theory, but I was just like, oh, that's the guy from Big Bang Theory. Because he's so, I mean, this is from his words. He, he acts very autistic on the show. You kind of expect certain things, to him to do certain things, mm -hmm. and he doesn't in this, and it's it's a little... It seems out of place. It does. And it, that, it sucks because that, that did pull me out a little bit, but the dude's a good actor and I would like that not to happen, but it just does. You know, it's not against him. It just, it is, it is what it is. He's had an awesome job for what, 10 years where he's gotten paid a million or something dollars an episode. Oh, something crazy. Yeah. And won a had bunch a of awards. Series. Yeah. But the problem is he's going to be typecast for a while. Now, what'd you think the acting of John Malkovich Oh yeah, yeah, he was he was great, and the whole line. If you think the parts where he's where as the judge, he's like, you know, you're you're a great talented kid. If you didn't do all these shenanigans, basically, you know, it's, it's a shame I don't get to work with you. You're like, oh come on, and then you listen, watch the real trial, and that's exactly what the judge says. And you're like, really? Don't shake your finger at me, young man. Yeah. Don't shake your finger at me. Yeah. So he he the judge, you know, we he celebrated this guy in some way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, the, the scene that creeped me out the most was the flashlight thing. I thought, oh, where, yeah, it was, it was kind of neat the way they did it. It was subtle, but it was cool. Um, where his girlfriend wakes up and he's under the covers, just looking at her body with a flashlight. And she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm reading, taking measurements. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm <laughs> reading, I'm reading. And he said that he's like reading law papers, but 
afterwards, if you like do a little bit of reading on that situation, he was like just fantasizing about her being dead, basically. And then you find out that like the family house where where she lived with her with her kid daughter, right? Yep. Yeah, where he lived with her daughter. Her like, daughter from a previous relationship. Where, yeah, where they did that, and he had burnt one of the people that he killed in their fireplace. Um, little things like that is it just crazy when you think about like the whole thing. So I thought that was creepy, and I really thought I thought the part with the um, I don't know what it's called, where where you can talk to your the inmate through like the glass thing with the phone, where he like writes on the wall on the glass what he had mm-hmm. done with the the body or what he did with like where's her head and he like writes hacksaw on the on the glass that, that was pretty creepy it was super creepy uh the scene in particular lives is asking you know she pulls out a picture of a body without a head says what happened he says i can't tell you things because i'm being listened to and then he does what you said so that was probably the creepiest scene because up till this point he had completely 100% said that he was innocent and that was this is towards mm-hmm. the very end. It's like, oh, I wasn't there. I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Uh, if you want to do a little bit more research on this, check out some of the stuff Liz has said because Liz Clifford was actually almost one of his victims, his girlfriend. She went, I guess, canoeing or rafting with him. And at one point, she was just kind of enjoying floating down the river and someone pushed, well, Ted pushed her off of the raft and kind of like pushed her under the water, not in a, I'm going to dunk you under the water in a fun kind of way. And then when she like came to... He had this blank, like completely different look on his face than he would have, like if he was just playing around. And then he like shook out of it, and they just kind of finished the rafting. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I was kidding." And she, she said she was a little wary of it after that point. So I can only imagine being that close to death, and then him being so manipulative that you don't that he no one turns him in. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Uh, so that is our quick review of extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. And I'm going to take a moment here to do a little bit of an ad, which we don't usually do. So that's why I'm actually announcing it first. Okay. But uh, guys, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about PodCoin because it's it's something I've been using for about a month and I didn't want to talk to you guys online about it yet because I didn't want to send any of our listeners to something weird that wasn't legit, but this actually mm-hmm. is. So PodCoin, it's a free app. It's good for Android or iPhone or whatever. And it's just a, I, it's just a podcast listening app. So... If you use iTunes, if you use, what do you guys use? You use Spotify, you use whatever. PodCoin is just another one. So it doesn't cost you anything. It plays just like any of those other things. It's really not very different. The only difference is, is that as you're listening, you get points for listening to podcasts, full podcasts, partial podcasts, whatever. You get points for how many minutes you listen. Uh, We're on there. Every one of the major ones is on there. It's the one I started using. And those points turn into one of two things. It can either turn into money for you and... You can turn that into like you know, Amazon gift cards, Starbucks gift cards, anything like that. Or there's also a whole list of charities where they will actually give the money to charity for you. So whichever one you want, you can do that. Um, what you guys can do if you want to actually start off with 300 points when you start this thing is use the uh, keyword or the, I guess, the um, the code five. That's F-I-V-E. That's us, obviously. And sign up for PodCoin. Again, they don't take too much information. It's exactly like how you're listening to podcasts anyway. Mm-hmm. So you use the code five, you'll get 300 points right there, which is gets you on your way to your first like Amazon gift card or whatever. Uh, it's not going to give you huge amounts of money to buy cool things, but you know, it's a little bit here, a little bit there. And if you send it to charity, you'll feel good. Every little bit helps. 
Yeah, it could be it could be an extra one or two coffees a month if you listen to a lot of podcasts. I'm getting an extra two Starbucks coffees a month for free. So that's you know that's what twenty five hundred dollars I think. Yeah, well, like thirty four hundred. I think. Yeah, well, I, I get venti's and I use soy milk. Oh, so okay. it's that's quite a bit. Yeah, so you got that. So guys, give the Podcoin app a try today and um, enjoy it. And again, use the code five and you'll, it'll hook you guys up with three hundred extra points. Thank you very much. Sounds good. And now our final topic where. Pikachu. Oh yeah, I hate Tid, hated Pokemon because, and Rob was there too, when we were growing up, we hit college, that's when Pokemon broke, and we were at Blockbuster with every damn kid coming in asking for those videos, right? Where's the Pokemon movies? Yep, and we only had a few of them because they, they didn't expect it to blow up as much as it did in America, but it did. And then there was the Pokemon, that one game with the little Rumble Pack thing, Pokemon, what was it? it was like a photography kind of game, and we didn't have enough of those, and then... A billion kids would come in. It was just a huge pain in the butt, and the device wouldn't come back. And it was so I hated Pokemon. Now I became very excited when I saw this trailer because, of course, the six-year-old, which you're going to hear talking later in this episode, was it was a movie I could see with him. It looked like it was something that we could watch together, and I was actually really excited for this movie to come out. Uh, Rob, what was your what was your feeling? I know you see a lot of movies. Were you actually kind of excited for this one or was it just kind of like, um, oh, it, I, it looked neat? I, I was, I was, I was excited to see it. I, I wasn't sure what to expect from him because, because I, if you remember, I asked you after you went and saw it because I was kind of surprised that you took your kid to see it. I was like, oh, really? Is it a kid's movie? Because with Ryan Reynolds voicing or voicing Pikachu, I was, I was thinking Deadpool. Pikachu. I was, and, and looking at and, you know, realizing that, the Pokemon generation is actually in their twenties and and thirties, early thirties, yeah, yeah, twenties and thirties at this point. So people, so they they could have possibly gotten away with making it a little bit more adult oriented. So I wasn't really sure what to expect what to expect in that in that respect. But I was looking forward to it, and we were going to see it, and we, uh, you know, I went out and saw it what Saturday night, and it, I really enjoyed it. Solid movie. And and it is family friendly. Yeah, I thought this movie very specifically reminded me of some of the movies we would see in the eighties because oh, it was God. it was dark for a kid's movie at times, but it wasn't overboard. So there was like a few little things that reminded me of like when I saw like Ninja Turtles, which had like some really dark parts and it and it could have been, you know, a PG thirteen movie or something like that. The Dark Crystal? Yeah, the Dark Crystal or uh Neverending Story or Labyrinth, any of those kind of movies where it's just a little dark, but it doesn't go quite overboard or the things are happening, the dark things are happening to a creature of some sort or a Pokemon of some sort. So it definitely brought me back to seeing movies when I was a kid. The, the only word that could spring to my mind, I even typed it out here, delightful. It was a delightful movie. I enjoy, I, I had a, just a fun, light movie. Didn't have to think too much. It was just fun. And you knew it was a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. So you didn't want to like break it apart and be like, well, this couldn't technically happen. No, it's, you know, you said so aside. So why don't we get a, a kid's perspective on it? Well, let's, uh, let's go into first of all, who's in it. So Rob already said, uh, Ryan Reynolds is the voice of, of Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Pikachu. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Pikachu. <laughs> he is a Pikachu. You sound like such. That's <laughs> <laughs> your grandpa when you talk about it like that. You kids and your Pikachus and. Your Charmander's Pokemon's. Go play your Nintendo and go to that, sleep. 
Because that totally reminds me about one of the one of the girls I worked with. She she said she went to see the Avengers with her father, and in the middle of the movie, her father leans over and goes, oh, "It's one's the Avenger." <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. You and your Charmanders and Psyducks and Roethlisberger's. What are you doing? Yeah. Anyway, we got this. Uh, let's see. We got uh, Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, Kath, uh, Justice Smith. As kind of the lead, he is from Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. So uh, what I thought was, is apparently they really liked his acting with invisible animals and decided to, you know, hire him for this. So he gets to work with another CG animal, uh, Ken Watanabe, which is crazy to see him in that because I usually think of him as more in, you know, higher end movies that actually make it over here from my, Japan, I believe. Mm-hmm. Bill, and Godzilla. Yeah, yeah. Bill Nye, uh from the Pirates, one of the Pirates movies. Bill Nye, not not the science guy. No, no, oh. no. Uh, Chris Gear and directed by Rob Letterman, who did Goosebumps and a bunch of other things. He he's really good at just towing that line between too scary and not and not scary. And like he's he's really good at it. He can he can feel out what actually is and isn't scary enough for kids, where it could be like a little spooky but not too bad. Uh, the quick plot there uh, is the a kid. He was he had dreamt of being a Pokemon trainer. Gave up on his dream, moved out to the kind of the suburbs of Rhyme City. He became an insurance adjuster, boring, whatever. His friends are like, come on, you need to catch Pokemon. Everyone's doing that kind of thing. And then he has to go back to the city because his father, a detective, dies in an accident. He ends up going to the guy's office to gather his things. He meets a Pikachu wearing a detective's hat. The Pikachu can actually speak instead of saying... Yeah, that instead of just <laughs> instead of just doing that, and they end up basically going into a whole murder mystery, and uh, you know, there's a kind of a drug thing that makes the Pokemon go nuts. So that's basically where we are. Whoa, what a murder mystery with drugs? Uh, like a well, here here's the one thing that again didn't care, but this movie borrows a whole lot from Zootopia. It's basically okay. it's basically a remake of Zootopia with some changes. So there is a drug that makes the Pokemon go feral so that, you know, when they're battling, they're kind of battling a little harder than they should be. Uh, there's a little bit of that, a little bit of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and the end sequence is a lot like the original Batman movie. But other than that, that combined into a movie that, as I said, delightful. Uh, what did you think of the designs of the critters, Rob? Actually, Jimmy, you've seen them too, so. Yeah, they're called Pokemon. <laughs> I can say I can say critters. No, you can't because they're not the same thing. That was that was the other thing we reviewed tonight. I, I get. It. I was talking about critters, as in small animals, small, cute, furry animals of the Pokemon. But sorry. the critters in critters are not small and and cute. They're furry. Oh God! Psyduck sounds more like a critter with poison quills that he shoots at people and makes their heads explode. Yes. Anyway, what did you think of the way they looked? Based on the trailer, I thought they looked pretty cool. Um, it's kind of weird because I never watched the anime. All I, you know, I've played Pokemon Red and Blue, which came out, God, I don't know how many years ago, but to see them visualize into to 3D, um, they look pretty neat. I, what stands out to me is the Mr. Mime scene from the trailer. Yeah. I thought that looked pretty funny. I don't yeah, know, was, you tell me how was it? How was the rest of it? I really, I, I only saw they looked great. Parts. I thought they looked great. There's still one I'm trying to figure out who it was. He looked like Captain Caveman with like a hat made out of cabbage, and I don't know who he was. But oh, the guy behind the bar. Yes, yeah, yeah. 
And he's like on the poster too, which is weird because he's like he's on the bar and he's. He like looks one like percent. a Rasta dude or something. Yeah, like a Rasta duck kind of. But anyone out there listening that knows what the hell I'm talking about, let me know. I I thought they looked very good. Now there was a person that did some 3D art or Photoshop painted art or something like that of realistic looking Pokemon, and they all looked really, really a lot like these. And I thought they fit into the world really well. It was kind of cool. Everyone had their own little Pokemon, and some of them it was really neat to see them kind of interact with the real world. It was kind of funny to see the the Magikarp flopping around. It was the um. There's a lot of Growlithe, like a lot of Growlithe, want like wandering around. The they just kind of looked very kind of regal. It was, it was neat. Uh, I don't know very much about them other than what people have told me. So like, there's little things here and there where like I guess the the big like sea serpent looking one is like kind of a badass when it comes to battling, right? Which one? The big sea serpent looking one. Think. Yes, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's kind of a badass. Like, so when like he appears, over, you know, there's a gasp from the people that know because they think that uh, bad things are going to happen. Yeah, I got a. I gasped the first time I was able to evolve a Gyarados. Apparently, it takes like 18 years to catch all those things. You have to have 400 Magikarp candy. Yeah, uh, they fit 60 different types of Pokemon in there. Uh, it was interesting to you know I was wondering how they picked which ones because there was some that I was looking for that I didn't see, but there was a lot of uh, you know a lot of the common ones like the the starter ones I guess. They had people with, which makes sense, you know, the Squirtles and Bulbasaurs and those guys. Uh, there was some monkey guys, the little monkeys. Uh, what is the Apoms? Apoms. Yep. Yeah. And there was a, a some Snorlax situations. Not the Snorlax pit. The Snorlax. Larion. Yep. Um, Charmanders. There was a Lickitung, which is fun, kind of had a funny little bit. Apparently, the Lickitung was supposed to have a bigger part in this movie, by the way, Rob. Oh, really? But when they when they showed what it actually looks like realistically. The people in Japan were like, yeah, that's not going to have a big part in the movie because it's ridiculous looking. So they gave it the little like gross bit part. Gotcha. Uh, speaking of, I found this part really interesting because of our background, of course, in 3D. So they, of course, were trying to re- make these things realistic. So they, first of all, they shot on film because they wanted to have a good, like hard boiled uh, detective look. So they actually right. did shoot on real film, not digital. And as they were creating the various Pokemon, I almost said critters again, but I changed. See, I can mm. change, Jimmy. I changed. And change. as they we did like this, the I'm proud of you. Yeah. As they did all this stuff, they um were talked back and forth to Japan, and Japan's like, no, we we got to do this, 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 and this. And one of the problems was the eyes. And you know how 3D works, but apparently the way the eyes are drawn in the various Pokemon. There's no possible way that that would work in real life because there's they had they were trying to make way for the orbital bone to make like so that the eyes could be expressive in the 3D model and the eyes were basically like pushing through the the skin of the character because they couldn't do it like there would there wasn't room for an orbital bone the way the creatures are actually developed so as the the people in Japan are like no no it needs to be like this they had to like figure out a way to rig a rig the object without having the the eyes popping out of the head or popping through the geometry of the head which i thought was kind of interesting they had to rewrite the code in a way uh other things uh jimmy well you're reading it too but uh, mr mime those things on the side of his head what is it uh it's like a gestures cap or something i don't know yeah see people think it's everyone thought it was hair or gestures cap it is actually horns which is horrifying Uh, wavy horns they're not yeah, they're just those are like the striations on the horns. That's their horns. Uh, this is but, from, but they this. they moved around. I mean, it, it's not like they were. I mean, it, it, in the movie, it moved like hair. I, you know, it waved and and did all of that stuff. I don't know. I read somewhere it was horns. 
Uh, also, if a Pokemon appears to be wearing clothes other than like the Pikachu hats and stuff, they're not. <laughs> they're they're not. So <laughs> Snubble has that little dress, right? It's actually not. It's actually skin. And uh, Machamp underwear and belt also just his skin. So that's that's from the the people at Nintendo. That seems right. like revisionist history. <laughs> that's that's a it, we wanted him to be naked, but you know people would have freaked out, so we drew pants on him. But oh, you know that's that's how their skin is printed. They they're printed with pants. What? No, stop no, it. Skin. I'm I'm going with them. Whatever. And uh, speaking of my my child, we'll get his review in a moment. Let's see here. Uh, after the the movie, uh, which he liked, he did not say it was too dark or anything like that. Although it. It was, and I think we should also talk about that in a second, too, before we go. Uh, there was a little conversation where he was, like, talking about the, the Pokemon. He was like, oh, yeah, that was really neat that they had them. They had real ones. It's like, okay, how do I do this? And so the uh, I explained to him, like, no, well, they make them in a computer, and they make it look like they're there. But he kind of went the weird science route, and he thought that there was, like, a lab that was making Pokemon, and, like, they programmed it into a computer and pressed a button, and then, like, some lab put it up, you know, put big tubes and like made Pokemon, you know, like a, a science lab thing. So I had to explain to him that there wasn't in fact, like, you know, a big pit full of dead Pokemon. Cause they were just like finished filming the movie and like, well, no one's gonna be able to take these things home to my, to my kid and explain to him that no, in fact they were digital representations. If you have worries about that and then maybe you don't want to bring your child to the movie. Uh, he did like that. Did, did you think it was too dark, Rob? Um, no, no, I didn't think it was too dark. Um, the, the villain didn't have a a I need to kill everybody vibe to him, uh, although his motive was. But I, all in all, you know, I didn't. I, I thought it was appropriate. I, I don't know that I would take a young young child. To see. Mm-hmm. But I mean, anywhere anywhere in the I don't know six to twelve range is probably fine. Yeah, there's a couple twists. The villain wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't super dark. But I think when the animals went feral, they could get a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, and, and for adults, you know, I mean, the, the movie was obviously geared for children because, you know, it's like, oh, you you know, because you see the turn coming a mile away. You're like, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. within ten, like within 10 minutes. Yeah. You're like, OK, I know why. There you go. All right. We can go now. I know the movie. Yeah. <laughs> OK, we, we, we hinted at this earlier. Here is uh, my son with his couple minute review of the movie. Well, with our yeah. kids' review of Detective Pikachu, we've got Mr. Ethan here. Ethan, what did you think of Detective Pikachu? Um, I feel so when I watched it, um, it looked real, but but some but but in the beginning, the beginning it looked kind of sad but kind of happy. Yeah. Okay. And did, what did you think of Pikachu? Um, he was adorable. <laughs> adorable. Mm. And who is your favorite Pokemon in the movie? Um, Charmander. Charmander. Okay. And so, do you think other kids would like Detective Pikachu? Yes. And guys, do you have any questions for him? Ethan, Ethan. So you thought the the Pokemon looked pretty real? Yeah. Yeah. Does it make yeah. you Does it make you want to play Pokemon more now with your dad? Yeah, but only if we know how to play it. But we don't know how to play it. Yes, you do. I think your no, dad knows how to play it on the phone, right? No, I meant like the Pokemon card game. Oh, okay. I meant on the phone because I remember you I could have Squirtle at work. 
Oh, yeah, I I love fun today. So, inside, you know, when I when he's doing something else, mm-hmm. I I ask if I can use the phone and I try to catch some Kumon. See, I think the the game on the phone is a lot more fun than the card game. I never Do you know how to play that? I do. Oh, teach me the next time I see you, okay? I can try. I don't have a lot of Pokemon cards. I just played on I my do. Phone. Oh, you do? Okay, maybe the next time I see you, we can try to play, okay? I got some Pokemon cards when I went to the movie. They gave me some packs. Me? Do you get Charmander tonight, got him? I did not get Charmander. Oh. Do you get the little mushroom guy? Who's the little oh, mushroom got, guy? Is that I Kabuto? I Pikachu guys. I got a Bulbasaur and something else. I got a Bulbasaur, did I? I feel like I got Bulbasaur and... And I and one time I and I went to a store and I got Psyduck, Ooh. the guy that always gets the headache. Oh yeah, Psyduck's pretty cool. I, I, funny. I, yeah, I heard he's pretty funny in the movie. Yeah, he gets the phone. Psyduck. Is that Psyduck. the noise he makes? Okay, so real quick, was there anything scary that you think that other kids that are six years old wouldn't like in the movie? I would. I will say when the father died. Like, that will be sad. Uh, spoiler alert. <laughs> so, totally forget about that. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, forget about that. Okay, say. Ethan, you are a natural. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Ethan. And goodbye. So, there you go. You heard it from, right from the goober's mouth. And... Guys, if you think your kids would like it, see it. If you grew up with Pokemon, I would definitely see it. It was just a fun movie, good afternoon movie. Uh, I had a great time watching it. I enjoyed it. I recommend it. It was it was worth watching. As far as our as far as our movie our movie scale goes, where would you put it, Greg? Um, afternoon movie or full price? I could, you know, I think I enjoyed it as an afternoon movie. I actually enjoy afternoon movies, so I think uh, okay. I think I would go afternoon movie with that. Or, I, yeah, I, would, I, would, I would go full price. It doesn't need to be seen in, in like IMAX or 3D or anything. Not that that really exists, but so I would, I would go with that. Right. I I also I would not do IMAX 3D. Um, I don't know that you really absolutely need to pay full price to see it either. So I would I would say it's probably an afternoon movie or a uh, uh, like a matinee type. Mm-hmm. I, I you definitely don't need to fight the crowds on Saturday night. It's not one of those. That brings us to our question of the week. And based on our discussion from this evening, that is going to be the top five kids live action movies from the 80s. So these are movies that are kind of for kids, pro kids, starring kids, I guess you could say. Power to some cases uh, have scarred children's minds for years. Mm. I kicked off one that. That scarred my minders, but yeah. I'll go ahead and start first. And starting down from my fifth one is going to be Flight of the Navigator. After this one, I had always dreamed of being abducted by a yeah, uh, I think alien did. spaceship. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. where I was the sole captain of it. Uh, number four is going to be Monster Squad. Stephen King rules. We've talked about this a lot. Number three, Karate Kid. Who did not want to sign up for martial arts classes after? I totally signed up for martial arts classes, at least for a couple of weeks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the free ones after that. It was- and then you were like, man, F this. <laughs> yeah. This is work. I'm not sweeping the leg. Number two, never ending story, which there's some situations in there that you look back on now and you go, oh God. But mm-hmm. 
<laughs> they told Greg to sweep the leg, and he went and got a broom. <laughs> My that number was the problem. one. Like I, I signed up for karate, and it was just some old dude telling me to wax his car. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> My number one, starring the iconic and influential Mr. David Bowie, and my first Hollywood crush, Jennifer Connelly. Oh, that God. is yeah. Labyrinth. And could Enjoy you it? believe the change in her when she went from Labyrinth to Rocketeer? The crush yeah. only got worse. <laughs> There's been quite a few changes that she's had. I, I believe, wasn't she in that like crack addiction movie <laughs> too? Requiem for a Dream, yes, she was. Yeah. And that was a very, oh my God, yeah. uh, situation. Oh my. So It's hard to watch. I'm going next. Okay. And, you know, some of those movies that you mentioned were actually kind of on my list, but I always had a really hard time with movies that pulled the, the kid away from the parents for, like, long extended period of times. But some of my – like, all of them seem to do that. But like, especially Labyrinth, there's some major things there with that. Uh, Never Ending Story seemed to do it. And that was always, like, my my scary dream growing up was always the, like, not finding my parents or missing something that was, like, a big deal, like – I missed my own birthday party because I got stuck doing something else. It was always, that was my thing. So some of those movies actually fell as a result of that. But I'm going to start off with uh, Harry and the Hendersons because I, it was just a fun family movie. Of course, there was a Sasquatch in it. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I have very fond memories of seeing that in a drive-in actually. Flight in the Navigator for exactly the reason Jimmy said. Also very cool looking spaceship. Yeah, it was. Like, completely different than what they were showing at the time where everything looked like a Star Wars ship. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, this actually had a little bit of that problem, so it took me a while to warm up to this movie, but Goonies. And that's mostly because I think any movie involving a treasure hunt and uh, traps, I love. Yeah, I don't think there's nearly enough, nearly enough of those movies. You know, you get the Goonies type stuff, you get the Indiana Jones stuff, the, what are the Jewel of the Nile, that kind of thing. And then, what, National Treasure, and that's about it. Uh, you know, th there needs to be so many more of those. It's just fun. You know, spikes coming out of walls, giant rolling balls, that kind of thing. So that is my number three. Karate Kid is number two. That movie, yes, it did get me to karate classes. I am actually very close to letting my child watch Karate Kid because he is heading right into the belt. Age. Oh, boy. He's Almost heading there. into the belt. He's a, he's a green belt at the moment, and they started having tournaments, so he's actually sparring. So but The real question is, is do you let him watch the original, or do you have him watch the uh, Jaden's? I'm going new one. I'm definitely really? going with the new one. I think so. Um <laughs> No, I'm sorry, not the new one. I meant the original one. Yeah, I'm oh, definitely okay. going the original one. Yeah, definitely not the new one. Um, I, the original I one your, is better. Yeah, I know your child has a, a hard time with bullying, and mm -hmm. I have not seen like the one with Jaden Smith, so I don't know how hardcore it was. But it's, mm, yeah. That, so I have to. That's I have a to tough work. one. Yeah, that's why I've been kind of hesitating. And there was a couple little clips that he saw. That the karate teachers have actually talked about it, like because there was a tournament coming in, and they actually mentioned it. They did a tournament in the past week, and he wasn't in it, but. They mentioned it like we're not here to actually hurt people. This is not this is not mm -hmm. Cobra Kai. So I thought mm -hmm. it was kind of interesting. And he was like, "No one, seriously." No, everyone. There was a lot of kids that saw it. Oh, okay. And number one, Short Circuit. Mm. I love that movie. So much. Alive. I love that movie. <laughs> one of my first crushes, Ali Sheedy. And I know okay. it's not politically correct now, and I'm I, but the Indian guy. With the, when he drops the line "nun soup," that was my favorite joke for the longest time. When the guy goes, "What happens if he melts down a bus full of nuns?" Of, of nuns, and the Indian guy goes, "Nun soup." I loved it. I said it over and over again as a kid. Hmm. I know for some reason that's it's not politically correct anymore, but I, I love that guy. So short circuit number one, and also my first album, one of my first albums I ever bought was Eldebarge, Who's Johnny? Nice. Well, 
I'll go ahead with my five then. My 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 list has had a couple of uh, substitutions and uh, changes along the way because there there are just so... about how many did you write down? <laughs> I, I, well, I had I I gotta say I had like thirty movies on this list, and I'm like, oh my god, oh yeah, this movie, oh oh yeah, that because there are definitely some '80s classics that didn't make it on anybody's list. I mean, and I'm talking movies like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Beetlejuice, uh, Uncle Buck, which probably is a little bit more than just a kid's movie, which is kind of why it's not on my list. So is Who Framed Roger Rabbit, right? It's it's a, it's a little, little bit there. Yeah, it's a little bit more adult oriented. Mm-hmm. But there there are there are definitely some um some substitutions here or there that I'm like, well, do I need Oh my god, okay. So I I wanted to put Willow on the list, but again that's another one that I think is a little bit more teenage and up. It was. I saw that pretty young, mm-hmm. and I was like, "No, I shouldn't be watching this." Especially the trolls on the bridge, uh, the 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 death yeah. that happened it was a little higher than just a kid. But a great one that I'm going to start with at number five, and if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend checking it out because it's a really cute family movie. It's a movie called Batteries Not Included. Did uh, you ever but, see that one? Little, little robots flying around. No. Yeah, little little robots, and they help people out, and it, it's it, it's like a um, I want to say they come to this like apartment building, and they they end up doing things, helping fix up around the apartment, and you know they interact with some of the residents of the apartment building, and then some evil corporation comes by and wants to buy up the apartment, but force all the people out, and the little robots help, and they it's, go it's and they help real... the the kids find treasure so that they don't tear down the building. Right, right. It's a it's a really cute movie, and and I definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. It's a great yeah. Movie. It's a very moral movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At at number four, I wanted to put Bill and Ted, but again, that's that's a little bit a little bit older. So I'm gonna go with Neverending, a fantastic '80s classic about skipping school and reading a book. <laughs> And some so, pretty heavy stuff. That wolf scared the hell out of me. The, the, and that's one of the things that gave me pause about it because there was the one scene, the one scene with mm. the Gamork. But other than that, I mean, I thought I thought the movie was fantastic, and it was one of those big movies from my childhood. Yep. At number three, I'm going to go with Karate Kid. We've already discussed that. I, I don't think there was a kid in the 80s that didn't want to take karate lessons at some piece of that movie. And it's it's a good family movie as well. It's got a little bit of everything. At number two, I'm going to go with another 80s classic with Marty McFly and Back to the Future. All right. Nice nice little family movie. And, and That's the it's, second episode in the row where we've kind of touched upon inter, on, uh, incest. Just saying. Kind of. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I this this was I and I have to say I think this was one of the first movies that introduced me to time travel. And he's been time traveling ever since. I have, I have. Yeah, that one touches a sore spot with me. Um, after seeing it, I was putting together my Christmas list and I put down a hoverboard because my brother said they were totally real, and I didn't get one because they weren't. <laughs> no, they weren't. <laughs> nice. But for my number one. It's a movie that's near and dear to my heart. It did make it onto at least Greg's list, but it wasn't number one. But Goonies is the movie from my child. I mean that that was one of one of my favorite movies. I I actually introduced it to my niece a couple of years ago. Now I gave it to her for Christmas, and the look on her face when she opened it was absolutely priceless because she was getting these movies that she was so excited about. She got all these animated movies and whatnot, and then she opened Goonies and she, she paused as she like. And she ripped it open and she looked at it 
And then she looked up at my brother, her dad, and just gave him this big old pouty lip and then held it up. <laughs> and he's like, what? And she's like, <laughs> and it's exactly and, what I said. Yeah. And my brother has since made her watch it and it actually became one of her favorite movies. So I was very happy. about. It. Awesome. Uh, well, Goonies is my number one. I got something to say. You know what really grinds my gears? Here's a man who would not take it anymore. I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. I don't want to tell him what a dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Guys, what's the most annoying thing to you in traffic? People who aren't uh, paying attention. Aren't paying attention, okay. Factors into what I'm going to talk about, Greg. Yeah, that's, uh, people aren't paying attention and, uh, you know. Well, recently in my neighborhood, it's people driving too fast and flipping over walls. As it happened oh. two, times, two times in the past week. I think you've been playing too much Rocket League. Yeah, we know we had someone crashed, uh, somehow managed to make it over the wall into the front of my neighborhood. And then two nights, two nights later, someone crashed into a wall in the neighborhood right before mine. Yeah, they hit that turbo. Hopefully they were okay. I don't right. care. Let's, let's see. Can you just stop speeding in residential areas? Right, and this is my rant, not yours. That, that, let's talk about BMW drivers. No. Shut let's, your mouth. You yeah. stop it. But I, I, think you guys will feel the same way about this. Uh, the other night I was trying to get home and I was trying to get home like before my bedtime and I was in the turn 745. lane. Pretty much. Yeah. We're way beyond my bedtime right now, but I was in the turn lane uh, and uh, just, I, you, you look forward, the light turns green, you know, you're turning left somewhere and you can just look forward at night and see the amount of illuminated screens in front of you. Okay, this is a total like granddad old man rant, but people just hitting a stoplight and turning on YouTube or texting, not paying attention, where turning left onto a road now will take you 30 minutes, whereas without a phone, it'll probably take you just a couple of minutes because people don't go when they should, right? People That's just kind of, they just, you know, let off the brake and they just coast. Well, look, people got places to go. All right. So just go like keep up with the car in front of you. Just go. Unless, yeah. of course, you're queuing up the latest episode of Give Me Five podcast, which is totally fine. Hopefully you're on Wi-Fi. You know, if you have unlimited, that's totally cool. But have your passenger do it. Guys, stay off your goddamn phones when you're driving, please. Well, but technically, if I'm sitting at a light, I'm you're not. But you have Bluetooth. You don't need to check YouTube. You can wait to do that until you get home. Right. You tell him, Jimmy. Yeah. So this for our safety and everyone else's, I know this has gone from just go when you're supposed to to just put your damn phone away. Give it to your passenger. Don't play Pokemon. Don't change the song. Get Bluetooth. You can tell your damn car to switch the song. You don't need to watch that recipe uh, until you get home. So for the love of all that is holy, just Go when the light turns green. I picture Jimmy's bedtime, like getting ready for bed, as being like very precise, like a little cap and like the little like pajamas, and like walking around with like a candle with a on like a brass thing. I have a sleep uniform. 
Yeah, and then he goes sleep like, uniform. Not pajamas. It's a sleep uniform. Nope, I have a sleep uniform. <laughs> and he has wow. to like watch his pictures before bed. He watches like one more episode of uh, Murder She Wrote. Nope, he's got to watch his moving pictures. No, yeah. I can't. You can't because that increases the uh, serotonin in your brain, and we all know that it's the melatonin that triggers sleep. And then he he curls up his little slippers. With my knee, no, with my knee pillow. <laughs> I transition from my back to my side. And I read. You're old. I, I put the um. He's the, the uh, youngest. He's the youngest of us. <laughs> I put the blue screen on my phone and I read my fantasy books. Nice. So fantasy books. Old man rant. It's not the like no it's the not ones the, of Fabio on the no cover. it's not damn it <laughs> it's the damn books that Rob recommends to me that I can't Hustlers put down. Race. <laughs> okay, well, guys, I'm currently reading Alaron Kong. I definitely nice. suggest the series. Gotcha. Guys, thank you for listening. Just freaking go when the light turns green. And if you want to contact us, don't do it at a light, apparently. But you can reach us on email, gimme5podcast at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, gimme5pod. Feel free to leave us a review and to subscribe to us on iTunes or... Podcoin. Podcoin. Yeah, Podcoin. Or any of your other things. Uh, thank you guys for doing so. And... Uh, of course, you can always check out our store, gimme5podcast.threadless.com. T-shirts, phone things, all sorts of stuff. Thanks for listening. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Thank you. Is this DeBarge? Mmm. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Oh, yeah. It's happening. Mmm. If that doesn't make you move, I don't know who you are. That's not the I just knocked, like, all of the crap off of my desk while dancing. (laughs) All my clothes are off right now. (laughs) I think Rob is fully aroused. I actually knocked my Groot, my dancing Groot, off of my desk. I killed Groot. With your Groot. Okay.